Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Our reading from Exodus today takes place in Midian, which was to the east of the Sinai Peninsula in modern-day Saudi Arabia. And more particularly, it takes place at Mount Horeb, a place whose name means parched place or wasteland. Moses is there tending his father-in-law's flock. There is a strip of land closer to the Red Sea that is fertile, but as you move east, it becomes hotter and more arid, and I guess that in that mountain pasture, you could hear the ground crunch beneath your feet. But what you don't hear in today's reading is how Moses wound up at Mount Horeb. Moses, a Hebrew, had been raised by Pharaoh's daughter in Egypt, but when he had grown up, he saw an Egyptian man abusing another man, and he killed the Egyptian. And then he fled Egypt and went to Midian, and there he met and married Zipporah, one of the daughters of Jethro, the priest of Midian. So now we are caught up. In today's reading, we hear how God speaks to the exiled son-in-law, a murderer, while he is hanging out in a wasteland. That's probably not how you heard Moses described in Sunday school. But it is really important to understand that Moses didn't do anything to earn God's favor or promises and to recognize that God knew exactly who God was speaking to. And God chose Moses anyway. Imagine how Moses felt wandering that mountain pasture. This was his everyday routine. He probably knew every tree or bush, every hill and valley. So of course, at first, he's curious when he sees the flaming bush, and the bush is not consumed. But then he hears God speaking to him, and the writer tells us that Moses was afraid. Well, of course he was afraid. He knew the wrongs he had done, and he probably imagined that the fire was going to be his destruction. But instead, God visibly speaks to Moses, calls the ground on which he is standing holy, and goes on in the verses that follow ours to tell Moses that he will be the one to deliver Israel from slavery into freedom. God invites Moses into an in-between time or a liminal space. Moses is in this in-between time of knowing both what has happened in the past and that God has said that God will be with him in whatever comes.
comes next. Liminal spaces or in-between times often occur in the midst of major transitions. Catholic author and teacher Richard Rohr writes, it is a graced time, but it often does not feel graced in any way. In such space, we're not certain or in control. Rohr continues, the very vulnerability and openness of liminal space allows room for something genuinely new to happen. We are empty and receptive, erased tablets waiting for new words. Liminal space is where we are most teachable, often because we are most humble. I have two powerful memories of God's presence in in-between times. In 2006, I left my nonprofit job in Washington, D.C. to become the Blue Ridge Parkway Foundation's first director of development. But before I started my new job, I went to Biloxi, Mississippi with a team from my congregation in Winston-Salem. It was a little more than one year after Hurricanes Katrina and Rita had swept through the Gulf Coast. We visited a church that opened a crisis center the day after Katrina hit. That was the first time that I encountered shower trailers as a ministry opportunity. The congregation had transformed its sanctuary and kitchen and was providing temporary shelter and laundry and showers and sack lunches to its community. And we spent a whole lot of that week at Miss Ola's house. Miss Ola's house had been entirely gutted because it had been damaged by storm surge. So one day we bleached the bones of the house to get rid of any mold that was still there. And another day we rebuilt the doorways and prepared the studs to hold the sheetrock. And we met some of her family, including her sister and her mother, Miss Katie, we celebrated Miss Katie's lunch, Miss Katie's birthday over lunch, and we went to a high school football game together. And in that liminal space, we knew that destruction had been, come to that place, but we could see God's fingerprints everywhere. Six years later, in fact, nine years ago this week, in 2012, a few weeks after I stopped working in Christ School's advancement office, but before I began my pastoral internship at St. Mark's in Asheville, I returned to the Gulf Coast. This time I was there as one of the adult leaders who took our youth from our Asheville congregation to the ELCA youth gathering that was held for the second time in New Orleans. More than 30,000 youth and leaders descended on the city's neighborhoods, replanting wetlands, wielding paintbrushes to brighten up school hallways, and cleaning the grounds and equipment at children's playgrounds. We worshiped in the Coliseum and we toured the city where we heard more stories about the destruction that had been wrought by the storms. 
But in that liminal space, we witnessed the slow pace of rebuilding, but we also saw God working through the gathering to build relationships, to deepen our faith, and to challenge us to serve our neighbors when we came home. In these liminal places in our lives, we see God speaking. Just as Moses saw God speaking in the burning bush, Mount Horeb was a wasteland, but God made it holy by God's presence and design. God used Moses, a murderer, to bring freedom to Israel. And the mountain where God found Moses will become Mount Sinai, where Moses receives the gift of the Torah from God during the Exodus journey. The storm-battered Gulf Coast had its share of places that were ruined, but God used the people who lived there, who had known only destruction and loss, to create new ministries and new relationships. At the beginning of worship here in the sanctuary, you were invited to pick up a rock and place a silent prayer into it as a way of marking this as a holy place and time. You may think it's easy to know we're in a holy space here in the sanctuary because we can see the pews and the altar and we're surrounded by the stained glass windows. But the Exodus text reminds us that God is the one who makes places holy. This sanctuary, as beautiful as it is, is just a building. Unless we enter into the activity God calls us to, unless we embody God's promises in the world. So I invite you to recognize the holy ground where we gather and hear God speak. And then listen for what God is inviting you to do next. Let us pray. Thank you for, holy God, thank you for choosing us as your children and speaking to us. Thank you for your abundant mercy, that you do not give us what we deserve, but instead grace us with your mercy and forgiveness. By your spirit, show us the holy places in our world, make us humble, and give us courage to share your love with our neighbors. Amen.